Hi, I'm Quentin D'Souza, and you're listening to Get Real Wealthy. Create wealth, freedom, and security through real estate investing. Make sure to check out GetRealWealthy.com. In this episode, this member has been investing close to home in single-family properties. We explore different ways to convert his portfolio to multifamily properties with a positive cash flow. Have a listen. Hey, how's it going? Uh, hi, Quentin. And nice to meet you. Uh, we talked on Instagram quite a bit and I decided to join. That's great. I uh, started uh, investing in real, real estate in 2016. Mm-hmm. Well, before that, I, I bought a pre-construction condo in 2011, but my occupancy was uh, 2016. Right. Uh, so 2016, uh, before getting married, uh, we looked at the wedding costs and decided to uh, not spend the money on a fancy wedding and buy investment property. Okay. So that's, we that's pers- different. You don't hear that, <laughs> that too often. That, that, that's very different. You're... you're you're a lucky man if your wife agreed to that too. <laughs> she so did. She did. She's on board. Uh, so uh, we uh, we purchased the investment property and we still have it to date. The property is located in New Market. Uh, unfortunately, we uh, we only had limited amount of money. Uh, the wedding cost uh, in Ontario is like seventy thousand. So uh, we only put down. 10% to purchase a property and the property is a uh, cash flow negative. Okay. And so we, with the fact that we purchased a property with 10% down, we had to go with the unconventional mortgage and uh, get CMAC insurance. And uh, it was only 25 years amortization. So right now there, there's only 20 years left of the, of the amortization. The first year uh, I purchased the property, I didn't increase the rent, unfortunately. I wish I did. Uh, but uh, subsequently, every year I have increased the rent. I will not hold back because I work as a realtor as well. And I see that other investors are doing it. So uh, I, I learned uh, by observing the others. So right. um, I, I have a full-time job. I'm a construction project manager. I obtained my real estate license in 2017, mainly because that property was cash flow negative and I needed to supplement my income. And that worked out fine. So it, it, it's, it was the best decision to make. So uh, what I did was after two years, my mortgage interest changed. Uh, so uh, because uh, I only had a two year fixed mortgage, on a property, uh, it was at 2.18 at the time, 2016, before before the big uh, increase in the market. Uh, after after my uh, after I had to renew my two year term, uh, my interest rate jumped to three 3.55, and I felt I, I got hit in the gut quite a bit. So uh, the cash flow negative went from uh, minus 200 to around $800 negative monthly. Okay. And uh, it, it was it was really tough uh, at the time, but I put through and I made sure that I'm going to work hard and just, just uh, concentrate 
working on a real estate, real estate job to have some active income to supplement what is negative. Now, uh, as we, we sit, I made the same mistake as the gentleman last night in the Durham area uh, conversation that he said he fixed his mortgage right before the, oh. uh, at the beginning of the pandemic. So I did make the same mistake. What, um, what, when, I, what, when did you fix it? Like in April, 2020? I, I waited for in April 2020 and I waited for uh, three drops. So uh, what happened was my interest rate went from 3.55 to uh, 2.55. Okay. And in in the meantime, I, in my principal residence, I, I purchased, I, so I sold the condo that I purchased pre-construction in 2011. Um, my my father called me in 2018 and he said, like now the, the gap between the condo and her property has narrowed and uh, sell sell the con- condo immediately. And that's that's exactly what it did. So I sold the condo in right. downtown Toronto, it, it doubled in value, and uh, I took the money and purchased a detached home in Etobicoke. Etobicoke, okay. What did you pay for the detached house in Etobicoke? So I uh, purchased a detached house for eight seventy. And wh- when when did you buy that? Two years ago. The two thousand eighteen. Uh, so I closed August fifth, two thousand eighteen. Okay. And uh, and what I did was uh, I sold the condo for nine fifty. Yeah. And that, that was a record high uh, in, in the bill. It still is a record high. So I took the proceeding and I didn't spend it. What I did was I took the money and instead of taking a private mortgage uh, to renovate, I used my own money and renovated. Okay. So I put the 20% down on the 870. So uh, roughly 167, made the closing cost and then renovated uh, 260. Did you put a basement suite in it or you just renovated it for no I renovated it for myself so I did I didn't put a basement suite in um I um I'm pretty comfortable to pay for my own principal residence and not have a tenant in in my principal residence yeah so, so, so this house in Etobicoke is your house where you live that's that's correct this is gotcha. my primary residence so what I did was uh Right before the pandemic started, like the announcement was we going into lockdown in March. So I said to my wife that I need to refinance this home now. So because uh, I pushed the appreciation yeah, and, and now this house is worth a lot more. So I uh, sent the appraisal in and I talked to a mortgage broker, mortgage broker sent the appraisal in. The, the appraisal came back low. I said, there's no way I'm going to accept this because I, I have access to MLS and I uh, I think that my house is worth this much. Send a second appraisal, I'll pay for it. So they did. They sent a second appraisal. The appraisal came in uh, pretty high. Okay. Uh, so what I did, I took the uh, money out. Uh, here's, here's what I kicked myself at. 2009. Uh, so last year in April, we went into, into a slump. Uh, and nobody was buying a, a property. And I started, uh, I was at home and I was looking at, I probably looked at 300 properties easily. Mm-hmm. I found a property detached home in Etobicoke, uh, probably walking distance from my house, that the couple was going through a divorce and they had to sell. 
didn't buy because it was cash flow negative. So I, I learned my, from my mistake back in the market and I wanted to buy a property that is uh, cash flowing or at least breaking even. So right. what, what I did was at that time I had 250 line of credit. Yeah. Uh, so with the 250, what, what I did was um, I narrowed down my search and ev- everything I was looking at and with the concern with the tenant and not paying rent, I didn't want, want to make a big risk. I did have savings. I did have a, a reserve fund that I could go back to, but it wasn't a massive reserve fund that I could take a giant risk and go into a detached property that is worth a million dollars and the tenant doesn't pay. So I ended up purchasing a condo townhouse in Mississauga at Mavis and Eglinton. I purchased the condo townhouse and it came with a tenant and the tenant was paying market rent. What the was the, is what was the uh, price of the condo townhouse? 419. Okay. It was listed by four 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 forty, and uh, I purchased it at four nineteen. Now it's worth five hundred. And what, what? And is it cash flow positive? You know, it's it. Uh, I had to do a trick. If I put a high down payment, uh, as in sixty percent down, it would have it would have been cash flow positive. But I didn't want to do that. I wanted to hold on to my uh, my line of credit. So what I did was I put 30% down. So just making sure that I can get a mortgage. And uh, the, the rent was the market rent is actually above the market rent as we speak, like it is higher than what other units are being listed. And uh, I I did, a, I lent out some money at 7%. So, uh, and this way, my net on the investment properties are positive by $50. I see. I see the way that you you've done it, and that's fine. Like I I get it, uh, but um, um, I, I I mean you're just yielding on the funds that you would have put on the down payment in order to make sure that it it equates. But um, I think that the challenge that you're going to have is that um, you've you've um, you've created uh, like an income stream from your second mortgages or your mortgage money in order to cover off the negative cash flow on the, the two assets. It's fine. I, I understand why you did it. And I understand uh, now, is it is the reason why you've decided to invest in Mississauga because you're close to it or Etobicoke is because you're close to it and you understand it or because uh, like, what's the reason why uh, Etobicoke because, or Mississauga? Is it because of um, your like what you believe appreciation is going to be like, or so be- before joining your uh, course, uh, I had the idea of just staying within the big uh, cities. I didn't want to go into small cities. For example, a lot of people are going to Niagara Falls, and I could go to Niagara Falls and decide to not to do it because, uh, as you know, uh, Niagara Falls has been flat for a while. So for me, population growth jobs uh, were uh, important in order to make a decision on where to buy. Uh, also, I purchased the rental property in Mississauga and my idea was short term. So the reason why I, I was thinking short term is because I was trying to flip it and take the 
money and purchase a detachment. Like as as a down, I wanted a bigger down. That that's that's what the objective was. Are you are you still planning to do that or no? I I'm open to it actually. Like because the condo townhouse is it requires some work. It is a minor cosmetic work, like change appliances to stainless steel, uh, change the um, change the kitchen, and then flip it and put it into a freehold property that that is a preference that i have okay what is the condo what is the condo townhouse worth uh, right now 500 okay do you still have the york region property what is it worth i i do have it that's a freehold detached property purchased at 675 and it is a one house on the same street sold for 950 Okay, and, and then um, your yield is negative on the York Region property and your yield is negative on the condo townhouse by itself, right? But together by using the lending, you're able to come up positive on both of them, right? That, that, that's correct. Okay. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to you a little bit about what what I think is going on here, and um, so what what what's happening is that I see that you are focused on a particular you're you're focused on the Greater Toronto area because it seems like you've got the familiarity there with it. You understand that there is cash flow and appreciation in other areas, but you haven't really you know gone out to look at you know what's available. Um, you know, you've been sticking to single family homes because I think it sounds like it's easier to manage and also that there's like, there's, um, you know, one tenant. But um, other than that, I'm not sure. Like you haven't gone into the duplex route, triplex, fourplex. You haven't gone into any larger units. So uh, I'm assuming that it's easier for you to manage the, the single family homes, right? Yeah. That's correct, but we are open to going to into multi-residential as long as the cash flow net operating income is making sense. Right, so the what I want you to start to look at is take a look at your property and do a return on equity calculation on both your properties, okay? So what I want you to do is start to calculate the yield that you have in uh, both those properties, not necessarily your principal residence. That's that's different. That's an emotional purchase. You don't need to do it on that, but do it a return on equity calculation on your York Region property and your count, condo townhouse property. Then what I want you to do is do the same thing on another property that is like a duplex where you cash flow positive and you're putting twenty percent down. So that could be looking in um, a little bit out further than the markets that you've been considering. You could look at um, London, Guelph. You could look at Brantford. You could look out at Barrie. You could look out in like uh, Oshawa is kind of um, really busy with, but you can look at like Bowmanville. You could look at uh, Peterborough. Okay, so all of those markets, I'm giving you some ideas, right? You need to do your own due diligence on what makes sense to you. Uh, I mean, if you're out in the West End, you may want to just focus out in, you know, Guelph or London or Kitchener, Waterloo. But you need to find a, a market where when you put 20% down, you can still cash flow positive. You feel that there is still good appreciation and good cash flow. 
And you can do that by, as a realtor, you can go back and look at the historical data. And I don't know if you have access to all of those, all of the data everywhere, but you should, uh, you could also talk to another realtor in the area so you get access to the data and just look at some of the streets and how they've done historically, or just look at the, you know, historical data from the, the local um, real estate association, right? And see what kind of, uh, you know, historical appreciation that you get, because you can find appreciation and cash flow in lots of different markets. You just have to work harder, right? And you have to get out of your comfort zone from where you're, you're comfortable right now. And then that, that will help you. Um, I'm not I'm not asking you to go to a different province or a different country. Really, you know, I'm just saying, like, try and look 45 minutes around where you live, like take a, a Google map and then just go 45 minutes around and see what cities and towns kind of end up in that area. And then, you know, from the ones that I mentioned, just do a little bit more deeper dive as to what makes sense, because once you do your return on equity calculation on the two properties that you have, and then you compare it to a new property that you that you purchase, you may decide that um, exiting one of those properties to buy two properties in another location where you get positive cash flow and um, appreciation will actually yield you at much higher results over time and uh, generate wealth quicker. And you don't have an, an, you're not in a negative cash flow situation. So there are lots of areas that are available to you that that can give you both. You just have to um, uh, explore what what's available and then take some time to do some due diligence on the area, uh, the housing types. Most of the time, a single family home is not going to cash flow anymore in Ontario. It's just very challenging unless you go to a, a smaller market, but then there's a lot of risk with that. I like to stay in, like, uh, like I said, um, a good, um, you know, look for the top 10 towns in Ontario, right? Like you could look at, so you can look at big cities like Toronto, Ottawa, Kingston. Um, you could look at like um, smaller areas like Peterborough, Coburg, um, you know, Barrie, Aurelia. Um, Niagara, like you mentioned, you can look at, um, you know, Guelph, Brantford, King, uh, Kitchener, Waterloo, Cambridge, that, that whole area. So there's lots of different places. Don't get stuck by, by being a Toronto person because there, there's money to be made everywhere. You just need to, and the, and the key for me, and I, I think for you should be to, to be able to put 20% down and still cash flow on a property. Right. Anybody can cash flow by putting 50 percent down. Right. Or, you know, 100 percent down. But that's not the that's not the point. Right. You want to get the most yield you can so you can get a return on equity. Does that okay, make that, sense? Yeah, that's that's perfect. So uh, if if I have to uh, get rid of one of the properties, obviously it's going to the kind of townhouse over the Freeport property right. that one in York region uh, in, in the past, yesterday I asked a question in the chat about uh, the bear trust agreement and the like I cannot do it after the closing because it's, it's kind of too late. So uh, I did have a conversation with my accountant and uh, the accountant also mentioned to me that I can do a section 85 rollover, yep. uh, but it's going to trigger uh, the land transfer but not uh, the capital gain. 
because the the owners are the same and they're they're legally entitled to do it. Uh, one one of the questions that I I had in the past was I approached my lawyer at the time of refinancing, and I had to stay with the same lender because of the uh, uh, DCR and other requirements that they, they take a look at. Yeah. And uh, it, the lawyer told me that even if I try to do the rollover, the lender has to agree to that's it. Right. Yeah. And you so, won't be able to do that unless you find a lender that's willing to put the corporation on title. Um, what you might consider doing is figuring out whether you can do it the day before you like sell the property. Like, um, but then you'll have to come up with cash or some other private loan in order to, to close on it, maybe like a bridge loan for a day or two, and then, um, and then sell the property. The challenge you might have is that it's going to cause a lot of chaos with the people who are buying the property. Because um, you, you, what you, what, basically what you need to do is if, you, if that's what you're trying to do, you need to find a lender that's willing to put the corporation on title. If you're in a fixed rate mortgage on the condo townhouse, you're going to have a penalty. Uh, condo townhouse on the variable, the new market property that is on a fixed. So Scotiabank actually will do uh, uh, corporations on title. So one thing is you could go back to your Scotiabank rep and find out uh, whether they will do the mortgage for you on that property and flip it from CIBC to Scotiabank. Um, I can refer you to somebody, but if you've already dealt with somebody at Scotiabank, it's probably easier for you to go back to them. Um, but uh, the idea would be is to let them know, look, I want to move this from CIBC to Scotiabank, but I want to put it as a corporation, but I'll personally guarantee it. And then that way you flip it into the, the corporation with the Section 85 rollover. Yes, you have to pay your um, you know, land transfer tax and you have to pay legals and accounting costs. So it's, it's, it adds up. In Toronto, it sucks because it's like you got the, the Ontario tax and you get the Toronto land transfer tax. So I, I did plan for this uh, because I already had done my research beforehand. So at, at, the, at the start of the pandemic, what I did was I uh, deferred my mortgage and built up a fund. Right. So fund is not the money that I spent on my day-to-day -day activity. I didn't need that fund. That, that fund is still available. So I can use the fund that the tenants, they paid me and do the rollover. Yeah. Yeah, and it's all up to you whether you decide to do it or not, but that's definitely a way to kind of get the that done. I mean, you have to talk to your accountant, you have to talk to your lawyer, and you have to talk to your uh, mortgage uh, uh, professional to help make sure that everything works properly. But once you've got all of those pieces in place, I mean, it's doable. Then once you've switched over, if you want to sell it, you will. You can still sell it. You can sell it the next day after you do a Section 85 rollover. And then it becomes a capital gain in the corporation, right? Um, everything happens in the corporation at that point. So it's something to keep in mind, um, but you'll have to, again, you have to talk to your uh, accountant and your, your lawyer and the mortgage professional. And that mortgage professional has to accept that you're going to put the, corp the corporation on title. And once you've done that, then, you'll, then you have the land transfer taxes, the legals and the accounting fees, if any.
So what you just said to me, it's worth a million because from what, because my brain is calculating like all of this stuff. So if I sell my property under my own personal name, it will trigger a capital gain. And uh, because I have two jobs, that means my tax rate will be the, at the maximum, let's say 50%. So any gain that I have, I have to give 25% of it to the government. Yeah. But if I uh, do a rollover the day before the closing and then sell the property, that 25% gets reduced to 15 only. The, so there's a bit of a challenge. You have to talk to your accountant to make that all work. I'm not sure if you can do it the day before close. You might have to do it like a couple months before close because you've got to remember if you're changing title, you have an agreement with the buyer at, with your name and you know the, the name of the what's on title. You don't want to change that a day before selling the property, right? That could be problematic unless everybody is aware of what you're doing right um you know that can be a challenge you might want to try to do it a couple months beforehand just to make sure that you get it all done and then sell the property if that's what you want to do too yeah. thank you so much. this is actually fantastic because i i can i can wait for um so the three month penalty is, is not a concern the issue is uh, the other one that they charge so i looked at the for example, new market property. So uh, the way that they calculate the penalty is divided into two parts. One is a three-month mortgage penalty that works out to be three thousand is peanuts. The the other one is the difference between the rate that they're offering you and their and the bank rate multiplied the, to the number of uh, multiplied by your principal amount multiplied by uh, the number of. Uh, month that is remaining to your mortgage and that works out to be 30,000. So that's that's a lot of money. But if this is the case, uh, I I definitely, this is worth like a million dollars because it's, instead of putting put the condo townhouse for sale, uh, I just uh, do a refinance, take it to private mortgage, a couple of months is not gonna break my bank and sell it and save a lot more money because they go pretty fast. They go in one day. Right now, the average DOM uh, on MLS is one day. Yeah. Units. Yeah, so it sounds like that it would work out well. Now you just have to make sure to time that with the tenant and make sure that uh, you, you know everything um, times correctly. But um, if you can do that, then yes, it can, it can work out well. So I, I'm glad that we were able to take some time and, and go through this. And uh, we'll see you at the, the next Q&A call then. Thank you so much. I look forward to it. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to my conversation with our member. I hope you got some valuable information out of it. If you would like to create wealth, freedom, and security through real estate investing, make sure to check out GetRealWealthy.com. Until next time, I'm Quentin D'Souza. Get out there and take action. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for information purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to GetRealWealthy.com.